Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com What's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in for Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Today, we're joined by Ishka Hillman, the CEO of the Canna Boss Babes. We're just going to chat about being a Canna Boss Babe and uh, how the cannabis community is evolving. So let's just get right into it. Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Thanks for joining us, Ishka. What are the Canna Boss Babes? The Cannaboss Babes are an entrepreneurial support platform. So um, I offer business consulting. That's my background. I'd spent 20 years um, corporate life and uh, helping businesses grow. And then it also is what I found the women within cannabis needed the most, which is the, the community. And, and so we offer that through a lot of different various ways. We do a lot of marketing through events through social media um you know yeah it's it's actually a really beautiful thing i have a, a living room full of babes right now yeah you know i, I think we we're undermining like the the worth of what you're offering because recently uh, uh dopez yola a guy that had an almost million like the count, million subs on on the youtubes deleted mm -hmm. and, and so like the network is a huge importance in yeah. cannabis mm -hmm. because we are so easily deleted uh our, our friend sarah frank she had a 10-year-old account for activism deleted mm -hmm. same as mine mm -hmm. yeah it's great that you guys exist thank you thank you yeah it's been it's been exciting we've had you know a few days that we've been shut down before um it's really not happened very often. I don't know why, you know, I think the message that we have, we're very clear on what we're here to do. And that is mainly to uplift and inspire each other and to connect with each other and to build this community. You know, the name alone, we like to say break stigma, can of boss babes, where the lazy stoners show them to me. Um, and then the other thing is everyone's a babe, you know, we're not trying to be, in competition with each other we're really trying to build with each other and 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 i know a lot of people say that but it really it doesn't work any other way and so i think that you know as people come around they see that they see you know we're just really authentic really genuine people who want to help each other and that's that's what we're here for so and we do that by sharing each other's stories i think first and foremost yeah. sharing each other's stories 
helps other people find you and identify and realize that they also can do the same thing. And, exactly. and, you know, we, we provide the network and the know-how. That's, it's very important, the network and the know-how, and then having it off of just one platform. You know, you have to be diversified and have a legitimate network. Uh, when, did, uh, when did you start the Cannaboss Babes? The Cannaboss Babes uh, was a discussion that was started November 27th last year. So it was a discussion between Lisa Starma, Breezy Puffs, and myself. Um, at the time, I don't think we ever expected it to be anything like this, or we knew what kind of a business it was going to be. We knew we just wanted to create a safe space for other women where they can, um, you know, not feel like they have to choose between what they believe and what someone else believes, but that they can um, really just be empowered themselves. Uh, there were some groups within the space, you know, not everyone always plays nice together. And um, I don't believe in cancel culture. So we created this as a response to that. And, and also just the fact that Breezy Puffs was one of three women at the time who were women in the space that felt unsupported just as entrepreneurs as well. So wow. those two things. Yeah, there, well, there's a stripe of entrepreneurism, uh, uh, Miggy, that's all about competition. And you win and somebody else loses, which, of course, may be a thing if we're talking about toothpaste. I'm only going to use that toothpaste, right? But if you're talking about an industry that's growing at double digits, like 25, 30% on an annualized basis, and new licenses are being handed out all the time with all sorts of different restrictions on them, it's an opportunity to really create a culture like that where everybody gets their own share. And so it's, it's fascinating that you're working to help promote some of these things. What are some of the brands uh, that are going through the Cannaboss Babes now? I mean, well, right now, actually, today we're filming in our kitchen. Uh, we are doing a, we are doing how to have a Thanksgiving. So all Thanksgiving. the babes are, are in the kitchen. Yes. Well, a lot of the babes are in the kitchen. Um, and recreating some of our favorite recipes using a product called Chill, which is a THC powder. Um, you can mix it in with a drink. It's very lightly flavored, more like a La Croix than like a, a Kool-Aid or a Crystal Light. Um, and then they also have unflavored. So we're using some of that. We also have some Vivin Oak wine, which is, um, it is nano. Um, so it's a, a quick onset, but it also has an actual offset time of an hour and a half as well. So that's really interesting and fun. Um, yeah. Wow, the stuff, the stuff they're making in labs with weed these days. <laughs> they're all There's super a stars. lot of fun things yeah. to play with. Yeah. yeah, I am smelling flowers. Yeah. <laughs> still, I still enjoy smelling yeah. flowers. And that's uh, there's a lot of good Me opportunities too. out there. Now, yeah. uh, where, are you, where are you operating from? Where are you located? Long Beach, California. Wow. How's the cannabis culture in Long Beach, California? The cannabis culture is really strong in Long Beach, California. We have an organization here called the LBCA, which is the Long Beach Collective Association. Um, they are a trade organization of the cannabis businesses. They've been around for about 11 years. Um, so already that's, that's a really long time for a business um, organization to have really come together to create legislative change within the city. Um, I'm a member. I'm a very proud member. I was so excited last year. They really changed my life. 
Um, it's been about a year and a half ago that I first found out that we have an endocannabinoid system. And oh, so you're, yeah. you're very recent I'm to this new story. Yeah. Oh, I'm very recent. I, my corporate life ended September 28th of 2019. I am, Why is that? Um, I, I left my job to do business consulting and to speak in juvenile halls. I was um, homeless and in juvenile halls and group homes growing up um, in the Bay Area. And, um, and so that just was really calling to me after 20 years of helping other businesses grow and working and learning a lot of things. I knew that I wanted to help businesses grow and entrepreneurs realize and find ways to monetize their businesses. And, um, and so I was going to do that 60% of the time and the rest of the time go and speak in juvenile halls. I, um, ended up going to a meeting that the LBCA put on where I found out about the endocannabinoid system. And I immediately just thought all the people locked up in prison and all the people locked up in their gilded cages, corporate life. And I just was pissed. And so I think that's the moment that I probably became an advocate. I just didn't know it for a while. Um, and so I really just started looking for any way I could to volunteer and learn more. And that was the first step. And so I am an LBCA volunteer first and foremost. I joined their media team um, and helped found that media team. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I'm, I'm proud to be a member. I handle their social me media marketing and am, have been a member of the LBCA as well for oh, about six, seven months now. How scary is it that you quit your day job? <laughs> Tell me to it. Events are the way that cannabis people make money. I'm like, honestly, if you don't want to touch the flower, events and networking, it's a way to, if you could throw a freaking party, you know, because cannabis is like the most... The most like nothing's gonna happen is once you go smoking pot. Like nothing's gonna happen. But like then the pandemic hits. How scared shitless were you? Well, and so that's the thing was before all this, when we first started as the babes, well, we originally were just gonna be a support platform and community and start, you know, we we were like, Well, how do we showcase each other? How do we come together? We we did events. I was doing events until the pandemic hit. So we were doing in-person events and then the pandemic hit. And then my, I was, I was doing business management for my friend and brother from another mother, Rika Lamit. And he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going live. Like the plan was always business consulting events and podcast. That was always the plan anyway. So we just didn't have time for the podcast before. Well, now we got time for the podcast. Um, yeah. I didn't really have a set format. To me, it was more important that we keep the connections going and, and so Instagram was where people were. And so let's just start there and do it there. And then I'm an insane, crazy person. And I would did 40 in the first two weeks. I was doing like five or six a day. I was so tired, <laughs> so tired. Oh my God. And I didn't even ever mean to take off the weekends. I would have done the weekends, except my weekend shows flaked on me that first weekend. They'll do that. But I was so grateful by the time Saturday morning hit, that they had like none of them had confirmed. I was like, oh, maybe I should just do a Monday through Friday thing. <laughs> so, so that's what I did. And then after the second week, I was like, okay, that was kind of nuts. Let's maybe taper it down. I was doing three a day. We did 9 a.m. wake and bake, 4:20 and 7:10. I did that until June, and then we cut down. We cut out the 4:20 because I figure. 
you know, that's the one you want at a special time if you ever bring it back for something. Mm-hmm. So cut out the 420. We keep it special, right? You know, right. I always think long term. Um, and, and yeah, and, and then other people started coming and wanting to host things and, and their voices all need to be heard and they know people whose voices need to be heard and everyone is a different element. Like we have such variety in our show now. It's so, it's just fun. It's fun. We had chill noise on the podcast and I know she's part of your network. Yes. So. Would you say your podcast is more, is a network in itself where it's different people? Kind of like we, it's just me and Tom. And then we just hang out with whoever wants to hang out. But uh, yeah, I mean, the women in your podcast are part of your network, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. We all support each other. We all help and support each other. Like, uh, we've had women from all o- well all over the world. We're going to have our first international event next month, actually. We're partnering with this woman in Jamaica who's been running these Buds and Brushes events. And she's just loved us with the show. And she says, so many companies have approached me to do an international event. And I'd love to do that. But I haven't wanted to work with them. But I'd love to do one with you. And so we're doing one for her birthday is next month on December 12th. And, like, she gets, like huge celebrities to play on zoom and people can come and paint and smoke and and really have that opportunity to actually get to know and ask questions and network and and that's kind of the most beautiful thing of all is in a way we're getting to know each other on way more than we did before even at events because at events Mm -hmm. you're so busy i gotta talk to you i gotta talk to you i gotta oh wait 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 and and i forgot my business cards I forgot him. I'm sorry. Oh I'm not a business God. card. Yeah. But oh my God, but you have an hour long conversation or no. even a half hour long conversation with someone about something that's important to them, about something that lights them up, about why they're in this space. You'll never mm-hmm. forget that. That inspires other people. And you never know. Like they're just yeah. little mustard seeds we're throwing around everywhere. Yeah. Or cannabis right seeds, right? That's what it is. <laughs> we're throwing around little pot leaves yeah. and pot seeds everywhere. Like the Grateful Dead. That's so, right. Oh. You know? There you go. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the reasons why I started doing this was exactly that. Cause I don't have much of a ne- I wanted to get into the industry and I don't have much of a network, but then I had some technical aptitude. So I'm like, I'm just gonna start doing this. It may work. Yeah. It did. Yeah. You know, and then it's, yeah. uh, but then it's, it's that network of all those people that you've met. I mean, that's fantastic that I can always kind of go back to them like, no, I mean, I remember you on the show. It was, it was great to talk with you. Um, and then of course, because I'm not in Long Beach, I'm in like Peoria. And so like, that's yeah. nowhere, you know? And, um, and so uh, I was already doing these, these types of things before COVID hit. And so it was not very uh, event prone whatsoever. And uh, it was just for marketing. And then, mm-hmm everybody started doing the show and I'm like, Oh, I guess it was early. Oh, well. Uh, and then it's, yeah. it's, it's, but it's a lot of fun. And I just hope that we don't get deleted like YOLO does. But of course for that, we'd have to get to a million subs and we are a ways from that, man. You know, I haven't really messed with YouTube. I've really, and you see, I really, I don't just stick with Instagram, but that is what the show's on now. We were actually just having a discussion of, you know, we have talked about expanding the platforms, but for me, what's really important is that it's not the same pl- same format on every platform so what we're doing is we're just exploring well what are some other things we want to do what are some ideas that we want to do and you know um we have ideas to expand to facebook in 2021 we're gonna 
come out with some fun stuff for that because you know people on Facebook are fucking weird. They like some weird stuff. We're we're they gonna do. deliver. We're gonna deliver. Right <laughs> we're on. thinking of doing a cannabis dating show where we start matching people up because this pandemic's really making it hard. Oh. And you know, yeah. so <laughs> that's a idea. There's all sorts yeah. of shit that you can do on the internet now because you have nowhere else to go. Yeah, yeah, right. Everything's like one big Zoom call, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but all right, let's talk about, because I think you really did touch on how to be a, a fantastic consultant. You know, you've spoken about uh, making sure that people uh, share their why they're excited and passionate and like happy to be in the industry. Is that something you charge for then? Is that like expert consulting I- advice? Um, I do. I do. I, I mean, that is part of my consulting advice. My last company, I, I mean, that was definitely part of the magic that I was able to do there. The last company that I worked for, I was in the architectural industry. They did as built, uh, plans. So measure buildings for the purpose of remodeling. They'd been around for 10 years. We're a very, very, um, you know, for long beach business to be an eight, size eight people company making six figures after 10 years that's that's a decent business you've got a nice little small business going um we were able to grow it to 30 plus three states 5.8 million in six years i really like i get i'm very creative and i'm very nerdy and i love organization and operations and making things um making things uh run efficiently but that has to come from the people and finding the right people and so i actually I created the HR department. They had, they didn't even give me my I-9 my first day. I printed it. I was like, hey, don't you need this? Like, Just if we um, get audited. <laughs> you know, well, he said, oh, I would have asked for it when I did payroll in a couple weeks. And like, they'd been around for 10 years. They weren't even job costing. So like, I wasn't even hired to go into QuickBooks. But then my first weekend, I was like, I'm going to go into your QuickBooks and change how you do everything. And I just like, I just kind of take over. I can't help it. It's the boss babe in me. I just can't help it. And then I, I, you know, uh, my predecessor had only ever answered the phone and then passed it apparently. And I was like, no, 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 no. These people are asking me if their invoice is paid. So give me QuickBooks. They're asking me how to price something. So teach me how to price. They're asking me. So I just made them teach me everything. And mm-hmm. we were in a 1,200 square foot building split across two floors, so it was easy because we were nice and tiny. They now own a 12,000 square foot building up on PCH. Um, yeah, it, it's you know some fun stuff. So, but it started with a culture. It started with really establishing HR, putting in hiring practices, establishing you know really true, strong purpose and mission and core values. I mean, like. It's and then meeting it, you know, like not just having that be a loose thing, but making sure that your actions are reinforcing that. That you're 420. 420. Somewhere. Well, not only that, sometimes uh, we, we get some uh, feedback into the audio for whatever reason. If we cut to a, a clip like that, it actually helps with the, um, the yeah. audio. Yeah. It kind of clears it out. there was a little bit of yeah. strangeness today. Well, <laughs> yeah, some, some shows are different than others. And like it depends on the networks that we're usually stringing together, how, how well the audio works. It's, uh, yeah. It's live. 
This the it's internet, live. Man. You know what? I've learned to really love, love, love that about live, though. It is the imperfection of it that it's okay. It reminds us that this weird yeah. shit happens to all of us all the time, and no one is immune to it. And there's just like, I get really excited about that. I like that. <laughs> I I hate the edited stuff because I'm like, I'll be overly critical. And then yeah. you're not nice to yourself when you're overly critical. But when you no, and like that you have to like watch yourself. Have you ever oh like had to edit video yourself? God, you're oh like the biggest narcissist no, no, no. in the world. Yeah. First two weeks when I did those forty shows, there was no way to download the videos on Instagram except to screen record them. Oh, great! But it wouldn't keep your recording if it was over forty-five minutes. It took me three days to figure that out. I kept trying to record it and trying to record it and trying to record it in between the shows. And oh my God. No, no. Like you, I lost you, my you mind. Get, I can't you, watch You get stuff. an iPhone and then you get one of these. And then I could I could oh, show you my see, uh, techie guys. I love yeah. it. Later on, I'll give you a link to the Amazon um uh, uh oh, what do they call that the teleprompter that i use because that's okay. the easiest way to do it you just get a teleprompter of whatever particular oh. presentation you want to make and then yeah. uh there's some apps so like you just talk to your phone you have those then of course this is why you'll get the airpods because this is a mic and then uh you can be 30 feet away from it you know I know I know I trust me I know I keep thinking about it but I'm not there yet I'm gonna get there. I know I'm gonna have it's, to. It's a hobby of mine. It helps pay my bills. Yeah. You know. I love good tech, but I don't know. I feel well, like I like I'm totally HR. Gonna it sounds it. like I need some help with my HR department because it's a mess. <laughs> Just basically me going. I don't know if I want to hire this guy. Uh, and, and so, like with the cannabis industry, you're going to get a lot of people asking you for a job. How do you help cannabis industry uh, professionals put into place their HR practices that they need to, to thrive? I mean, I, well, so I do also, I've, <laughs> so this year has been a big year for me, guys. Sure. <laughs> um, I also started a nonprofit. Um, I wasn't planning on it. It was a dream of mine from like three years ago based on, because I, I mean, I lived on my own my senior year of high school and after a lot of, I was homeless on the, like, yeah, a lot of figuring things out for myself, right. but how the premise is how to do adulting. So it's a peer education community center where people can come together and learn basic adulting skills, things like how to get a car, new, used, buy, lease, whatever it is, information only, no judgment, just the information you need to make the decision best for you and your life. And that should, right? Like that's yeah, it. Totally. Like, that makes a huge change in people's lives sometimes. So um, one of the things that the nonprofit booth that we wanted to do was to make sure it's a working nonprofit. So to add the working part, we're also providing um, HR and management training and other types of services to our cannabis industry people. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, nice. a few things. So are you like, you're kind of like merging like stuff that you do on the side with your cannabis uh -huh. person on the, that's pretty dope. So you yeah. feel like a big package all in one. Uh, yeah. We, I, there's a lot of things plans. We, we've got events planned for 2021. Um, you know, by boxes, so Zooms with boxes so people can share in the experience because we know that we're going to be on lockdown again. Um, the events easily transition in person when we can have them. But, you know, we're we're planning for, for everything. Like, we're, we've got all the bases covered. Like I said, I like to think long term. 
Have you checked out uh, virtual events? Uh, uh, is that a particular thing? I mean, we have done some e virtual events. Well, like I really enjoyed um, Emerge, um, who uh, it was also okay. done by uh, Fairchild Events, um, who's owned by uh, 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 David Tran, who created Dope Magazine. And so, anyways, yeah. uh, he sold Dope Magazine and was going to get into events, and then pandemic happened. But then they transitioned to a really cool format where you can go online virtually, and uh, uh, they have stands, and you can interface with people. Matter of fact, uh, you can call them. And it actually goes straight to your phone. So if I were to call oh, you and speak neat. to you, yeah, I mean, I could be here that virtually. That I might be ready for. I remember my friend Andre Bork, um, he sent me, I think, the invitation to that. And and at the time, I think it was like a weekend, and it was like not a weekend that I had time to check it out. And then when I got into it, it was over. But is that still going on, or is it only like sporadic? I They're didn't doing it like twice, it twice a month, I believe. I believe the new sign-up oh, okay. just happened. I, since I don't have anything oh. to sell, I just go to these things just to fuck off a little bit. But, yeah. um, you know, uh, <laughs> and it's like $10 for a ticket to virtually interface with oh, some people. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I think it was totally worth it. And it's going to be the next thing for a while, at least another year. Yeah, I did um, I did a big one. Oh, the Meadowlands, uh, Camp Meadowlands was an interesting one that we did out here. It was four days. It was very intense. I did as much of it as I possibly could within four days, but I don't have four days like that. Um, but it was really interesting because it was really tying in more of the government and the legislative. And mm. that's what I'm still trying to really educate myself on. Um, one of the things that I, you know, I've always been politically I've always been motivated to vote and like been active politically and everything but I've never been as actively political as I've been in this last year I mean I'm at my city call I'm in my city council meetings I've actually joined the Orange County Commercial Cannabis Task Force which our whole purpose is to go into the different city council meetings not in person but on zoom now of course um to to talk about and hopefully get them to vote on um, allowing recreational cannabis within their cities because right now Santa Ana and until last week um, now Costa Mesa but Santa Ana was the only one that has recreational dispensaries so you know, like we're in a state where it's legal but in Orange County um, only Santa Ana has been allowed to sell recreational uh, cannabis in the last like two years. It's so crazy considering the history because I'm from San Diego I'm from Oceanside oh, the okay. history of that area and to be so so suppressed it's fucking yeah. ridiculous yeah uh, but you it's know, so Oceanside, orange county isn't it like you know it, it's just it's just it's just a mix of the privilege of existed florida it, it almost is it is you got this wealth down there that wants to cling to its own shit and yeah oh, those fuckers i hate the wealthy people that get everything oh i tell you it's just the cra most crazy fucking area in yeah. california but yeah. then it's going to so be Costa super Mesa, regulated. It's going to be like rigged with the amount of number of licenses they have. Oh, it totally come around is. And they're like, we're going to have is. three. Rusty, yeah. Bob, and Cindy. They get licenses. Yeah. Like, well, what was the yeah. process? That was the license. I just named my three friends. They get them. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, um. well, and if not, then any like social equity applicants, like that's, that's not been very successful. Um, I have to say, I'm hopeful for Long Beach. 
mainly because I am on the subcommittee for social equity here with the LBCA for Long Beach. So um, for me, that was, like I said, that was one of the biggest things and one of the things that I can't do this advocacy because because in that moment when I found out we have an endocannabinoid system and we've basically been lied to about our bodies and what this plan Your is whole and life. what it can do for Your us. Whole they knew since no, no, 1992. No. They didn't fucking tell you. You should huh. feel as, as upset as you do. <laughs> I gener No, but before this, Word. generations. Because I used to sit there and I looked at how there are, because of this adulting thing, right? I started basically three years ago, three, four, well, yeah, about three, four years ago, because I'm 43 now. There's this thing that happens to us women when we're around 40. Watch out. We wake the fuck up. Um, <laughs> we realize what we're here for. And that's really kind of what happened was it was a combination of having used cannabis for a few years already to help heal some old trauma and things. Um, and then going, wait a minute, I'm hitting 40. If I've spent half my time and energy on this planet and I, if I'm lucky, I have half left. What am I going to do with it? And and to me, it's like the little five-year-old in me. I've just always been this way. Let's fuck some shit up, sis. Let's do some shit. And then I really started clarifying, like, this nonprofit. And what is this that people need? Like, what do they need? What can we do? How can I make sure that no one stays in that darkness that long? Because I just felt like I stayed in like this shame. And then, like I said, that gilded cage of the corporate life of, I didn't have anyone to teach me as a kid, my own personal value. I just did what everybody, like what it looks like everyone's doing. So I did that so long, but I wasn't happy. And we all do Aww. this to a degree. Yeah. Well, we all do this to a degree. Happened. Like, yeah. right? we're, we're lied to from the time we're children all the oh, way yeah. until we either die or we snap out of it. You know? Oh my God! I am right. I have a children's book I'm writing. It's like, yeah, no, you guys can't. Like, there's the no. The name of the children's me. book. Everything you've been told is bullshit. No, you know what it is. It's a little. It's a princess who becomes a queen really young, and has to take over her her country. And because for whatever, like, you know, there was war and stuff before and she takes it over, but she has to heal it first, right? She has to fix it. So she needs to listen to people and like, well, what do you need? And what does that look like? And then, and get everyone to like work. And then the dudes come in because they want a piece of her kingdom. But at that point she's like, but what you got? <laughs> right. Because fuck, because, and, and like, because right now it's like find the guy and then have your happily ever after. But that keeps us women from building until we find the dude and then hoping that that dude's the one you're going to build with. And like, that just ain't the way like yeah. that, you know, very little, that's such a small percentage that that works out that way. And but I really, ironically enough, 100% of Disney princesses, ironically right. enough. So like, you've been like, again, you've been systematically lied you've to. Been lied to. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that's really what I think it is, is, you know, and like I said, I have a ton of babes in the living room and they'll attest to it. Just the work that I've been able to do with them. Cause you know, this got started with breezy puffs, but she was my first client. Like, it's just a matter of when you first of all, believe that you can, and then you have someone who can show you like, okay, you want to do that. Well then these are the steps it takes to get there. Or you can go this way or you can go that way. And then, and then there's the support network. Yeah. people cheering for you and helping you and like, oh, you need to know that person or, oh, hey, I know that person. And like, I mean, it's so ridiculous at this point. I just feel like it's just this magical alignment 
because I will have people call me and be like, hey, you know, I was thinking of doing such and such. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I was just looking for, you know, whatever. And like four hours later, I get a phone call from someone going, hey, I just started doing this. What do you like? It's yeah, just yeah. that. That's just Networking. it all the yeah. time. Yeah, well, it's it. operating that business. And so like there's so many more businesses that cannot open up in this space or like the the haves of the world could try to just continue their stranglehold on it. And I don't I don't appreciate that position yeah. of it where it shouldn't just be five companies sell 80 percent of the marijuana in this in this country. It shouldn't. You know, no. uh, it may get there eventually over many decades of consolidation, but I don't you know. know. I don't know. I don't know. You know why I don't know about that is because I think that with us being able to have cannabis back in our lives again and in our systems again, that it also gives us the presence of mind not to buy into that bullshit in the same way that we have. I fully believe that when cannabis was removed from our system, uh, like, you know, that it was, I mean, you look at the timing of things, it was replaced with media, it was replaced with marketing, you know, with print, and then eventually with radio and with TV of look, okay, this is what's important. And this is what you have to spend your money on. So we'll pay you this amount. And then you spend it on this and we just take it back. And that's the cycle. And like, that's, that's when we're nothing more than a meat suit. Like that's you know when we're like nothing more than a meat suit and cannabis makes us slow down is like, I don't need that shit. I need to be me. Yeah, vitamin THC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just, it heals us in like so many more ways. And oh, for sure. Like it, in so many more ways and all the things that, that can be done with hemp. I mean, we look at all these fires, how can we not rebuild with hemp right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. You know, all right. Well, you're you can explain to me how Instagram works. I don't really get it. Um, uh, how many boss babes are publishing on Instagram Live right now? Because I remember that I did a show with uh, Jenny, I believe. Jenny Greenleaves. You guys had the best show. I was dying laughing. You it was a hilarious so show. Much yeah. Fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. It was so good. She's but how many, how many boss babes, are they all broadcasting out of the same uh, at, at Instagram? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we all have our individual accounts as well. Um, I think there's, what is there, seven of us shooting right now? So there's Breezy on Monday mornings at 9 a.m. You get to wake and bake with Breezy. Monday is her favorite day of the week because you get to start all over. So uh, we had to have her at 9 a.m. on Mondays. Uh, medicated meditation with Lisa, who does sound bowl healing on Monday nights at seven ten. Um, I do both shows morning and evening for Tuesday. We have for the month of November, Cannaboss Babe Stefan Roach Killa Sams, who was formerly with Ruthless Records. Um, he, you know, I mean, well, he's ruthless for life, actually. You, you know, I can't say formally, but um, but he brings such a fun element to to the babes and has been a great supporter from the beginning. Um, I take Wednesday night, so then that's what four already five me. Um, Thursday morning, Zalika from Washington D.C. Mm. She does yoga. Jenny Green leaves, so San Clemente, and then uh, Jay Farms is our chef Friday night. 
Nice. That's awesome. I wonder if I could do something similar with my uh, Instagram logo, uh, you know, cannabis industry lawyer, because we have a lot of cannabis lawyers from all over the country just saying oh like, oh, we're yeah. going because it's all it's so localized. Everything yeah. is custom. Yeah. And then, then when it gets into California and Michigan uh, and then Arizona looks like it's going that way as well, yes. where they allow the municipality to go, no, 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 no. And like yeah. to black, back away so they can create their own rules later. And it's, it's such a mess it's, that way. But. And it's complicated. Yeah. But then that, that means that I could have um, various ones doing because then it's it's less content that I have to do, which is great. Check out me. Joe Rogaway. Yeah. He's going to be on this week. Yeah. I don't know exactly which day, either uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. But Joe right. Rogaway, he's awesome. He's um, yeah, he's got a good he's, website. He's a he ranks. Cannabis he's got he's got a good yeah. SEO. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've actually met another one recently too, Adam Winokur. And so, yeah, it's really exciting. And then what's exciting for me is then having conversations with other people just around me. Cause like I said, I just happen to be in these weird places and people will be talking about things and it just like kind of happens that way. But all these different people recently have been talking about, I think I want to study cannabis law. I think I want to go be, and, and, I don't know anybody that's gone to school to be a cannabis attorney. Like, Tom, did you go to, you didn't go to school to be a cannabis uh, attorney. So I, yeah, I, I did actually write this book uh, in my first year after law school. Uh, and so this one is about the cannabis laws and why it's just flagrantly unconstitutional. And that's yeah. how Miggy and I met. And then um, 10 years on, it's still flagrantly unconstitutional and still right there. And then- uh, My daughter uh, but, just wrote about it for her college class. I know. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Well, she probably, well, again, like I, I didn't really promote the book very much because one of my jobs said, stop promoting the book. And then, um, uh, <laughs> uh, and then I paid off my student loans this year from weed. And, um, and so now it's like, all right, well, we got a lot of work to do, everybody. Come on. What do you mean COVID? The fuck's that? <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody steal my bit. This was my bit. And then, uh, uh, cause, cause I was just a farm boy from Peoria, you know, what the hell? Uh, yeah. I didn't go to that party over there. You know, I, I didn't shit. Yeah. I'm not in Long Beach. Right. Yeah. Well, well, you just got to go there. You are now. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, Tom yeah. just got to get involved when, uh, events were just happening or when you were starting to get involved, events were just happening. I've been doing this just mostly media networking, right? That's all I've been doing. It's just networking and it's mostly for the activist shit. But, uh, I do say I miss events because I'm always running out of lighters now. Oh my uh, God. I'm so down yes, low. On lighters. Me too. Yeah. My lighters. Okay. You know what? I'm going to have to contact Bic and see if they can, yeah. they can send some out for us. Cause you're right. We should just put a bunch of those, like a, a set of lighters and every that's one like, of the best swags because like the, the industry was a rav like a traveling yeah. trade show it was basically the circus yeah. but with weed and yeah. so and like way higher prices and so um uh the thing about that was like you would get lighters you get hats you get the, the yeah. best swag oh, that i am so of the opinion stuff. of are, are dube tubes lighters and bags and like the type of yes. bags that I mean, like those bags that you need, because you're going to get like pamphlets and you're going to get paper and you're going to get 5,000 yeah. business cards and you're and not going to get video and so stickers, many stickers, so many fucking great stickers. <laughs> so many stickers. You got Mephesto Genetics, Leafly. Oh God, got some, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's the <laughs> stuff that we'll need to have when, when the cavalcade continues. Because one of the reasons why I, I thought a podcast would be great for the industry was because it was like that. I'm like, 
oh shit. Cause then like I'd go to those and they'd be, I might be like, yeah, I saw that podcast that you were doing or that, that uh, sketch. It's not even a sketch. It's just, here's what the law says. Here's mm -hmm. how it works. And then you, you put that into a website and then it comes yeah. up. Um, but then you could use that to already kind of like know people that you see walking around the place. It was fun. And yeah. then it was all over. I mean, here's what's going to be fun, though, about when we can do it again is and actually I went to an event last night. I did. Um, I went to the Candy Pen's house and I mean, you're not going to not go to the Candy Pen's house. So whatever. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's it's a lot of it's a beautiful um, it's a beautiful influencer house. It's owned by the Candy Pens oh, okay. company, and I've yeah. heard of influencer houses, never seen one. But yeah. um, you know that's really cool. We're yeah. basically on lockdown again here in Illinois. Illinois has just been popping off. I'm pretty sure we're going to be again, which is why I, I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna get, get out while you now. can." Yeah, yeah, I can't hate on that. Do it. I mean, it yeah. was gorgeous. It's up in the Hollywood Hills, like, you know, nice. so, yeah, I How know. Was it was, <laughs> shut up. It was really good. <laughs> like, how long did it get there? It's like, hey, we'll be there oh, in about an hour I mean, and a half. Oh, no, it's like 45 minutes now. Okay. Like, yeah. I drive up to Van Nuys every Friday night. My chef is up in Van Nuys, and I'm down in Long Beach. So I'm driving from, like, South County to North County. Um, every Friday night and it only takes me like 45 minutes an hour to get there. And that's because I'm going there at traffic, like rush hour it before it easily would have been two hours, two to three. Like it's, it's so much yeah. better. Wow. There's still a lot of cars on the road, but it's so much better. Yeah. But like I, I work for myself and now I'm, I'm this close yeah. Yeah. to being like a digital only product entity. It's like, well, where did you do your work yesterday? I was in France. Yeah. You know, um, uh, yeah. Oh, why did I have the internet and my monitors? I can get the shit done, you know? Right. I mean, that's always goals. That was my goal for me to start my own business anyway, was to have that mobility. Because like I said, I really want to do the work of speaking in juvenile halls, which, I mean, it's funny because cannabis has, has kind of handed everything I've ever wanted on a silver platter kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, because I also have had the ability to partner with the Social Impact Center and and uh, Cage Free. Uh, oh my God, I can't think of how to say it right. But Cage Free Repair, um, who sponsored National Expungement Week this year, yeah. like on a national level, and so I helped to coordinate it here in LA. Um, and part of that was meeting this woman, Coach Taylor, who goes and speaks in prisons and teaches this program, Gogi um that helps people really like you know you have to set your mind right like when you've been traumatized by an experience by any experience there's a different mindset to thriving than there is surviving and so um so it really is teaching that so i'm going to get the official coaching and be able to officially through that program now go and speak in juvenile halls versus hey i used to be in juvenile halls but you should come and let me speak to the kids because you know, you have experience, but yeah, and, and yeah. I wish you luck in that endeavor. That sounds amazing to help out kids and put them on a better path. To yeah. again, like you said, that transition of you're going to leave angry. And yeah. What, what kind of citizen are you going to be? Next? Well, that you, I mean, but also that you're not everything that maybe you were told you are, and exactly. that you are capable of so much more than you can even imagine right now. And so just some, some little life lessons about building up within rather than 
seeking um, affirmation from the outside sources. Like that's really just a really big one. I did that for so long. Like I tried to do what it looked like I was supposed to do for so long. You thought you'd be the first person to ever climb to the top of the corporate ladder and see like the money heaven that's there. And you're like, oh my God, I've made it. I mean, honestly, for me, it wasn't even that. I feel like I was still scraping just in survival mode. I just never oh, knew how to even go from survival mode to thriving mode. So mm -hmm. like I, so I'm right, you know, I have a children's book, I'm writing another book. Like there's realizations and things that for me, I just have to share as much info as I can in as many ways as I can, because I no. know it'll, it helps people. So, um, for me, the book that I, I actually just, my friend just finished that line for me. So I'm like doing it now, um, is, uh, the difference between surviving and thriving. And so a survivor's mindset is failure is not an option, but a thriver's mindset is there's no success without failure. And so for me, it started with those two ideologies and going, well, that doesn't line up and like, well, but who's served by those being in play, right? The 1%, the one who knows, like, they can fail all they want. They fail all they want. You know, they can fail a million times and they're still good because it's about keeping going. Whereas other people say, stay so stuck in that failure, that trauma, whatever it was, that, that they don't keep going. Like, they'll stay alive, but they won't keep trying, right? Like, they just stay yeah. resigned and... Like I had a babe the other day. She's like, oh my gosh, we have to move out of our house. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to end up in Compton in section eight. And I was like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Didn't someone just offer you $400 to come and spend four hours for one day a month? Get a couple more of those. Ball out. Get a bigger house. What the fuck? Yeah. And it's Work just around. what our mind lets us believe. It's mm. what we feed. Yeah. So you asked the question earlier, how do you leave a corporate job? Dude, I woke up at two o'clock in the morning. There was one time in particular, I was like waking up in the middle of the night going, oh, bitch, what the fuck did you just do? What are you thinking? You have a kid starting college. Like, what are you doing? And I was just like, we doing it. Go back to sleep. And I did. It's the conversation with yourself when that fear comes up. We think that fear is us. It's not us. It's a voice. It's not yeah. our voice. Yeah. I so, knew that I had yeah. to get out of litigation when I'd be waking up from terror dreams of like, ah, crap, that, nope, got to do another revision on that. And like, you know, oh, deposing people. Yes. And I'm like, oh, God, no, no. Eh. I'm so much happier now that I don't have to do depositions. Just so much. Or like, probably, I... it was fine, but. Ugh. Yeah. I stayed too long, I think, at my last job. The last two years, I had told my boss, look, I, I know I'm going to have my own business after this, but I stayed because I felt responsible for all the people I had employed and what yeah. I had led them to thus far. Um, and um, it was hard to leave, but I but at the same time, it had to get icky in order for me to leave, had it stayed comfortable and like been able to fulfill all my dreams, I wouldn't be living this one out. You know, like things happen to us sometimes to push us into our destiny. I'm glad Canvas is able to help you do that though. That's awesome. Yep. Yeah, me too. I had social anxiety. I didn't leave the house except to go to work for four years until I started smoking really cannabis again as an adult. Like I What's smoked strange? it as a kid, but it just was like, eh, you know, maybe, you know, as a girl, you don't want the munchies and the like sleep all day. Like, 
<laughs> that's not good for the cute little modeling you. figure. Yeah. <laughs> so, but as an adult, as a woman, when I turned 35, it just was like a wonder drug, really. Mm. Right on. Ishka, thank Way you so much for calories. joining us today. Uh, where can we go to yeah. find, follow, join, support what you guys got going on at the Canna Boss Babes? Yes. Well, if you want to check out our lives, we are on Instagram at thecannabossbabes.com or thecannabossbabes. And then we also have our website, thecannabossbabes.com, where we have um, a link to come and join us on a live or uh, to different events and things that we have coming up. So. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much again. And thanks for tuning in. Everyone, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. We'll see you on Wednesday. Later. Yay. So, Mickey, you got to come on now, too.